Good evening. This is something different. It is documentary December, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. But we're going to do something. So in 2016, something extraordinary artistically happened. And I'm going to read off the directors. And I think you know what I'm going to talk about. Beyonce, Khalil, Joseph, Dekale, Ramesh, Todd, Tuberso, Jonas, Ackerland, Melina, Metsukas, Mark, Romanek. Okay, so were they making a concert? Were they making a concert film? No. On April 23rd, 2016, at 65 minutes, first aired on HBO, the visual companion to the 2016 album of the same name, Beyonce's Lemonade. This is a landmark moment. So landmark that Beyonce, I don't think at this moment, could surpass it. She tried with the Disney Plus film, but... And the visuals were good. They were striking. But nothing compares to Beyonce's Lemonade. The premise. The film is divided into 11 chapters titled Intuition, Denial, Anger, Apathy, emptiness, accountability, reformation, forgiveness, resurrection, hope, and redemption. The film uses poetry and prose written by British Somali poet Warsan Shire. The poems adapted were Unbearable Weight of Stain, Dear Moon, How to Wear Your Mother's Lipstick, Nail Technician as Palm Reader, and For Women Who Are Difficult to Love. Mm. The cast of this music film, it is along the lines of a documentary, includes Yubia, Lablo Sembleo, Amalda Stinberg, Quavenjane Wallace, Chloe Haley, Zendaya, Serena Williams, in forward, the mothers of Trevon Martin, Michael Brown, and Eric Garner are featured holding pictures of their deceased sons. Jay-Z and Beyonce's daughter Blue Ivy appear in home video footage at one point, as does Jay-Z's grandmother Hattie White and Beyonce's mother Tina Knowles, who's shown with her second husband Richard Lawson on their wedding day in 2015. Mmm. Yes. Lemonade. So, we can't really play any clips from it. We can't. But, we can play the teaser. The teaser that did so much. It said so much. It was a moment in pop history. And that's why we're talking about it. Yes. I mean, we can't even play some of the poetry. This was a moment visually, musically. Is it classified as a documentary? Maybe. Because it's documenting Beyonce. And I figured, let's do something different for tonight to kind of up up the ante, okay? Because these documentaries are are designed to do something. They are designed to inspire you, to make you think. Beyonce's Lemonade made you think. Okay. Now the album, The Companion Piece. <laughs> mm, 
Lemonade was nominated for nine Grammy Awards at the 59th Annual Grammy Awards, including Album of the Year, Record of the Year, Song of the Year. It didn't win those coveted formats. The album has won a Peabody Award. Oh my. Yes. So there's always been that controversy. We're not really going to dive into it. But yeah, Lemonade was monumental. Even Adele said that. Okay. Beyonce's Lemonade had people talking. And that's what a good documentary does. It gets people talking. Yeah. It gets people to parody, you know, Boy Bye. In fact, we were saying that in November. Boy Bye. I wonder who we were saying that about, huh? No pop star before or since has encapsulated the moment such as Beyonce did with Lemonade. Mm. Lemonade is a moment in musical... I mean... um, Yeah. And to quote my friend who loves this album, she said, This is, this, Beyonce can't top this. It would take a long time. It's still taking, it's four years. It's been four years since Lemonade was released. And at first I thought, Oh God, it's more hype more hype Prince had just died and then I watched it and I didn't know what I was watching but it holds your attention like a good documentary does Beyonce's Lemonade it wasn't released in theaters it wasn't released to YouTube it was released first to HBO and then to Tidal and then to iTunes and then to CD and DVD and Blu-ray and all the rest. It is a monumental record. There is so much that's documented visually. Visually, this is a stunning documentary. And I will call it a documentary or a music film. Same thing. There's pain, there's loss, there's joy, there's redemption, there's sorrow. There's a really beautiful moment where Beyonce does the song Freedom featuring Kendrick Lamar. And it's she's surrounded by all these women, strong women, who have suffered loss, who have suffered the fact that they are women and they are discriminated against. And she does an acapella of freedom. It's truly a moment. She shows everyone standing with her. And then there is the song Don't Hurt Yourself with Jack White of the White Stripes. This is rock meets a new level, a brand new level. And Beyonce rose to the occasion. Yeah, the, the beehive. We all know about the beehive, don't we? Yeah. Some people want to appease the beehive. Some people just don't care. But at the same time, this is a landmark documentary because it is documenting a moment. A moment that I don't think we'll ever get back. It truly is that monumental. And I thought I would just speak about it, you know, whether you like Beyonce or not. And here's the thing. I like the album. I'm not a big fan. I really am not. But this moment, this took notice This took precedent. This was a moment visually, musically, that I don't think can ever be topped. And shame on the Grammys for not bestowing upon it. Beyonce's Lemonade, released in April of 2016. Unpleasant Dreams.
lot of girls, they see my face on TV so many times that that's what they want. They want to be associated with that person. It's the fame that gets these people. It is not me. It's the fact because I've watched females look at me when they didn't know who I was. Tupac Shakur. If you grew up in the 90s like I did, and if you're just discovering Tupac and you didn't grow up in the 90s, maybe you were born at the tail end of the 90s, the end of the crazy era. It was a fun era. That's Tupac. And so when I meet people who say, oh, I'm just getting into him, and I'm like, yeah, I remember when Tupac was alive. Or is he still alive? That's a debate. That's something that I like to debate because... Everything that is circumstantial with that murder does not add up. Neither does the Notorious B.I.G. Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Yeah, we're going to talk about Tupac Resurrection. And if I had planned this out more, I would have contacted my friend who I went to college with. Um, We don't always agree when it comes to politics, which is good. We don't have to talk about politics. But when it comes to music, when it comes to movies, this guy is it. I mean, he wanted to go meet Tupac. I remember he told me about that. This is dedication right here. And even Ari Melbler of The Beat, who often cites hip-hop lyrics for news, cites Tupac and Notorious B.I.G., Jay-Z. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dedicate tonight's episode to my friend James. I haven't seen him in a long time. This man loves Tupac. He knows the lyrics. He knows them inside and out. Identifies with the music. And that's the beauty of Tupac. Tupac's music is universal. Okay? It doesn't matter where you come from, your socioeconomic, Tupac speaks to you. Okay? This man, I mean, first of all, he's a Gemini. Come on. You know, uh, he's a twin right there. I know a lot of Geminis. But Tupac, there's something special about Tupac. Something special. And, you know, I can remember probably, I think Dear Mama, Dear Mama, that Me Against the World album, I love all the albums, but Me Against the World, for one, that's that's a turning point right there. That's a turning point, and he was in jail when that, or yeah, he was in prison when that album went to number one, and the, you know, there's a lot to be said about Tupac, Amora, Amaro, Amaro, Shakur. And I want to say his name right, okay? Because next year would have been, or maybe it is still, his 50th birthday, okay? Um, let's see if... Open main menu. Open main don't you just love Siri? Search Tupac Shakur. Language, watch, edit. Tupac redirects here. For other people with this name, see Tupac name... Machiavelli redirects here. And don't you love that? Tupac Amaro Shakur. Originally born Lesland Parish Crooks. June 16th, 1971. Supposedly died September 13th, Friday the 13th, 1996. With his alias Machiavelli. Born in New York City, but became... A West Coast staple in terms of the hip-hop East versus West. It was an interesting time. You know, I often tell people, this was a time when music was dangerous. Doesn't happen like that anymore. This was the 90s. And back then, having hip-hop in the charts was unheard of. Now it's everywhere. And this is when the music really said something. And... I thought, you know, in terms, this is documentary December, and I thought we're going to talk about Tupac Resurrection, which is such an amazing documentary. It was actually nominated for Best Documentary Feature at the 77th Academy Awards. It didn't win. Uh, Directed by Lauren Lazen. Okay. Um, Came out uh, November 14th, 2003. 111 minutes that's not enough Tupac. That really is 111 minutes. Come on. Come on. I think Amy Winehouse got like two hours. Tupac resurrection, basically, whether he's dead or alive, gives Tupac back 
to the fans. We it's as if Tupac's still alive and we get to see him talk and you know Tupac had a very distinct voice. Very distinct voice. And there's oh I can't play the music. There there's a lot to be said about Tupac. A lot to be said. Oh, we can't we'll get in trouble. Get in trouble for playing the music. I know, isn't that a shame? Um, here we go. Withdrawn. I read a lot. I wrote poetry. I kept a diary. I watched TV all the time. I stayed in front of a television. And I could see all these people out there in this pretend world. And I knew I, I could be part of it if I pretended to. The way Arnold used to look when he used to come out on different strokes. I used to like the lifestyle, the way he used to live. So early on, I just watched and emulated. And I thought maybe if I could be an actor and I could act like those characters, I could have some of their jewels. Isn't that interesting? Thank you, Mr. D. If I could act like I had a, a big family, I wouldn't feel as lonely. Isn't that, um, you know, such a great actor? And I think many of us wonder if he had continued, he probably would have won an Academy Award first hip-hop artist ever to do that for acting you know eminem won it for writing lose yourself but tupac tupac i mean tupac what's interesting is as a as an artist could capture you in a song and as an actor oh my god even in poetic justice if you look at poetic justice he steals that movie from janet jackson even janet knows it and the controversy that followed and the hype um, you know, I want to give a shout out to um a hip hop a hip hop uh um how would I define him? He's a he's a reporter on MSNBC, but he's a hip hop connoisseur. Um, loves to use the lyrics to talk about the news. I'm talking about Ari Melber, and Ari Melber doesn't know me, you know, um, but. I want to give him a shout out uh, for new February Nebuary Radio, which is so great. Um, thank you, Ari, for giving us that. And I'm I would love to one day talk to him and say, "What do you think about this whole Tupac thing? Is he dead? Is he alive? Is he in Cuba?" Many of us, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like the Elvis sighting, or is it not? You know, but as an actor. Nobody else in hip hop could touch Tupac. Not LL, not Queen Latifah, even though Queen Latifah was nominated for an Academy Award for Chicago, okay? You know. But there's a lot to be said about Tupac, his influence. Nobody, first of all, his style as an MC, no one had a voice like that. You know, when Tupac first came on the scene, he was rapping with Digital Underground, okay? And no one had a cadence like that. He had a truth to him that no one else had in hip hop. You know, it was soon coined as gangster rap, you know, and it had started with NWA and, and furthered. Um, but Tupac, Tupac is just one of those artists and Tupac resurrection captures Tupac so much so that you, whether he's dead or alive, you miss him, you miss him. You wish, you know, that that's one artist where people were like, well, some people say, well, they were meant to die young. He was not meant to die young because there was so much more to Tupac. Okay. There was so much more in terms of. Yeah, we can't play the music. We can't. Um, that sucks. Yeah, we can't play that. Um, yeah, this is not about you, Shick Knight. We're not going to play you. Oh, no, no. You're not coming after me. Um... What I'm looking for is a good interview. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on. 
Hmm. Hmm. A lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. And what's interesting about Tupac is this, his journey, okay? This documentary captures that journey. These are things that you wouldn't know about Tupac is that Tupac was listening to Joni Mitchell, reading a lot of poetry, reading, especially in prison, reading a lot of, the you know, art of war. He was preparing, okay? He was a renaissance man. That's what Tupac Resurrection gives us. Tupac was a, resu- a renaissance man. I'm such a, I'm not even saying I'm a fan or a devotee. He's been a part of my life since I was a teenager. So that voice, you know, and I remember that he was very rare. He wasn't always on television. Got to understand that. So the Tupac story goes like this. He releases, releases Tupacalypse Now. Okay, Apocalypse Now reference right there in 1991. And then releases Strictly for My in 1993. And then in 1994, it shot, okay, six times. I think it was at six times. Clarify that, please, people. Send me your letters. And supposedly it was in New York, and, and he suspected Biggie and Puffy, whatever. We can't, it's circumstance, it's, it's not, you know, it's, uh, we can't really say. I mean, he knows, and he was really badly injured. At the same time, he was going through a rape trial and was found guilty and went to prison. Just as Me Against the World was released in February of 1995, Dear Mama, Me Against the World. This Me Against the World is, is a pivotal moment in Tupac's career. This is before All Eyes on Me. Before All Eyes... Here's the thing with All Eyes on Me, and we're going to get to that, and it's mentioned in the documentary, okay? It's mentioned. Um, me Against the World was a turning point, and Tupac worked with different producers to basically this this out. It's a it got him a Grammy nomination. He didn't win, unfortunately. You know, um, such, such an amazing artist, though. And then, in the fall of 1995, Tupac was approached by Suge Knight of Death Row Records. And Death Row, they would basically bail him out. They would pay his bail. So that, but he, but the stipulation was is that he had to start recording immediately, which he did. Which his mother found strange is that he had completed within that week after being released seven songs from the double album. And I mean, you know, to put out a double album at that time was rare because, you know, double albums usually were for anthologies. You know, the Smashing Pumpkins, classical artists. And here comes Tupac. First double album. Not Biggie, Tupac. Tupac. All all Eyes on Me. All Eyes on Me was a pivotal moment in hip-hop. Went to number one. Tupac was on the promotion. He went to the Grammy Awards. Presented with Kiss. He called him his homeboys. That was a funny moment. And I mean, you see how tall Kiss is compared to Tupac, but Tupac was truly sitting on top of the world right there. Okay, to coin Rick James. And, you know, 1996 was a great year for him um, musically. You know, number one, How Do You Want It? B side, A side, you know, California Love. California Love was the turning point. California Love. Uh, he was new on death row. He said to Dr. Dre, he says this in the documentary, look, Dre, I'm new on death row. Um, you got, you got, you got to give me that song. And he gave it to him and it became a number one hit. And so Tupac's comeback was in full swing. Well, what happened was 
Tupac, for some reason, I think had an inkling that something was going to happen. Okay. And so he was basically, you know, producing like crazy. Working on the Machiavelli album, putting out so many different tracks. This is in the documentary. What some considered a passing fad to what now is its own undeniable driving force in music. And it is my. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's not that part, but. To present the women who made an enormous contribution to the world of rap and hip hop. Please welcome the mothers of Biggie Smalls and Tupac Shakur, Fanny Shakur, and Valletta Wallace. Now that's in the documentary, okay? This is not, though. We're going to play it for you. The memory of our sons, Tupac and Biggie, should continue to inspire us and unite us and inspire children around the world to overcome obstacles to achieve their goals. That's beautiful right there is these two women. These strong women who lost both of their sons at 24 and 25. The sad thing is that's their connection. That, you know, both of their sons were these rap icons. And they both were were dead very young. Cut down, you know. And Tupac Resurrection. Oh my goodness. Tupac Resurrection, you know, I I love the candidness of it because they've got all these interviews of him saying how supposedly Madonna was going to come and visit him in prison. You know, they dated. She didn't reveal that till years later, but people on the street knew that they were dating. Um, How um, Jim Carrey would write him funny letters in prison and, you know, yeah. People, People would peg him as the rich, you know what, and um yeah and he he started to realize oh okay this is prison this is this is uh no and he knew he had to get out so when death row rave, waves that you know stake above his head like come on come on you know there's so much mystery you know there's there's rumors did someone, you know, whatever, whatever happened in 1996, I think he knew something was coming and maybe he had a premonition. I don't know. Um, you know, he knew that success would lead him up and then eventually he's got to come back down. And maybe that was the Gemini in him. I don't know. And what Tupac resurrection does is it gives us, it gives us Tupac back for, for those, for an hour. It gives us Tupac back, you know, a great soundtrack, which we can't play. Of course, two of America's most wanted ballad of a dead soldier, black Jesus, breathing. Brenda's got a baby, California love. Can you see the pride in the panther? Most stuff. Oh, okay. Changes. Dear Mama. Hail Mary. Hit him up. Holler if you hear me. I like that one. I get around. If I die tonight, keep your heads up. Me against the world. Me against the world as a fan, I got to tell you. Me against the world is a moment. That's such a great track. Um... That whole album, though, Me Against the World, it's almost like very autobiographical, okay? And then All Eyes on Me furthers that autobiographical. And at the same time, though, you do feel that he's under pressure and you can hear it in the album. He is on a rage to get these lyrics down. He's not even written them down. He is just saying them as they come out of him. And you can hear that. And he's he's running on borrowed time. He probably knew. That's where I suspect he he's in Cuba somewhere. He knew and he realized he had to get out. He had to get out or, you know. So it's not really along the lines of the Elvis sighting. I just think there's a lot of things that don't add up. 
and he had connections, okay? And when you have connections, you can go anywhere under the radar, okay? But that's my opinion right there. It's not factual. It's circumstantial, whatever. It's hearsay, okay? Is it a hope? No, it's just a feeling that I get. It's not so much a hope, it's just a feeling. And sometimes you have those feelings, and sometimes, you know, in Tupac Resurrection, you get that feeling. You get the feeling that he was not meant to die young. And, um, yeah, Tupac Resurrection. Mm. So much to say, you know? Can't play the music. I hate that. You can't play music. And yep, yeah. Oh, you know what's interesting is there's a picture of him and Whitney, and supposedly, according to allegedly, this isn't in the documentary. Whitney and Tupac had a thing, supposedly, you know. There's so many different things we could talk about, Tupac. No, 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 no. And and you know, I want to play the music, but I can't. And what I'm looking for. You can hear some of that. And this is a good interview with Tabitha Swarren, Tabitha Swarren of MTV. Yeah. Um, like I said, there's not a lot we can play. Here it is. There we go. That's toward the end of the documentary. And I can play it further away because you can't really hear the music. You know what I mean? If you can, then don't get me in trouble, okay? Yeah. Oh, I can't. Okay. Tupac, wherever you are, next year you're going to be 50. I'm sure you don't look it, or wherever you are, whether it be spirit or flesh. Um, You know, Tupac Resurrection, it gives you Tupac. It's such a moment cinematically. No, I sound like Barbara Walters. Cinematically. Yeah. But those of us who listen to the music, you know, I mean, (laughs) you know, the one lyric that comes to mind and uh, make sure your kids aren't listening to this, um, where Tupac says, revenge is next to the sweetest thing next to getting pussy. Yeah. I can't do it like Tupac because that's that's the beauty of Tupac. A lot of these MCs today, and wait, I don't even think we say MCs today, like Kanye West, who has a very undeliverable cadence. I've never understood. Uh, his lyrics are good, but his cadence, no. In Tupac's cadence, you could hear the pain, you could hear the joy, you could hear the frustration, you could hear the sorrow, you could hear the revolutionary in Tupac. Tupac was a revolutionary at heart. His mom was a Black Panther, okay? So was his dad. Um, There was a lot of anguish in his songs, you know? But you can tell he came from a very, you know, he didn't go to college, but that didn't matter. Artistically, he really was educated, artistically and streetwise he was educated i don't think there's ever been anyone like tupac i always thought it was weird when he died how tlc called him the michael jackson of rap and i thought that's a load of bullshit because i wouldn't say that you know what i mean yeah i wouldn't say that he's not the michael jackson of rap 
He is Tupac. A true original. There's nobody like him. I don't think, you know, the movie, I think that's why the movie didn't do too well. You just can't capture who Tupac was. Okay. It's as simple as that. Tupac Resurrection. Released in 2003, 17 years ago. So profound, it was nominated for an Academy Award. Documentary-wise, that's a big thing. Everything else, when it comes to the Academy Awards, eh, it's like gravy. But to be nominated for a documentary that's based on someone who was very, you know, very... Um, he was everywhere when he was alive. I mean, you think of it. You think of after he he supposedly died and how there are moments where the music dies and it's like, whoa, it takes the wind out of you. You know, that happened um, with these artists that, you know, died in recent times, but nothing was like Tupac. I remember the CDs were off the shelves. They They were back ordered. This is before digital, okay? This is when you bought... And that double album was not cheap. And then I remember I pre-ordered... Or I didn't pre-order. I had it put on hold, the Machiavelli album, in 1996. I remember because we picked it up the night of the 96 election. I'll never forget that. We went to, I think, Jack in a Box. Because I remember the tacos and just listening to Machiavelli. To live and die in L.A. And Hail Mary. Well, Tupac, wherever you are, hey, we salute you. A true original of rap. I'm so, I was so thrilled when he got inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I know people who bitched and moaned about, well, he's rap. He doesn't belong there. Yes, he fucking does. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is about popular music and influential and whether you like it or not, Tupac was motherfucking essential. He was revolutionary. And he was so beloved and hated as well and feared. But those of us who loved him and loved the music, and that music is our soundtrack right there. doesn't matter where you come from. So when he went into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it was bittersweet because he had been gone too long. Or wherever he is, you know, and he was inducted by Snoop Dogg, who belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame himself. I love how people like to argue with me about it. Well, Gene Simmons said Gene Simmons is not the king of rock. Gene Simmons is not Mount Rushmore rock. Gene Simmons is a clown. Okay, I'm not a big Kiss fan, but for him to go after other artists, it's a form of haterade. But this show is not about Gene Simmons. Okay. The show is about Tupac Shakur. Wherever you are, Tupac. I'm so happy you're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I've, I'm just, I was very happy by that. I thought, finally, this is an artist that we all love. This is an artist, if he were alive today to accept that recognition, you know he would be tickled. You know he would be bashful about it, that he didn't feel he deserves it. Even if he went on to win an Academy Award, you know that moment would have been coming. What an amazing actor, producer, writer, artist, poet, dancer. Tupac was a Renaissance man. The documentary should have been called Tupac Renaissance. But Tupac Resurrection is fitting because we resurrected him on film. Welcome home, Tupac. As always, Unpleasant Dreams, Documentary December. Tupac Shakur. If you grew up in the 90s like I did, and if you're just discovering Tupac and you didn't grow up in the 90s, maybe you were born at the tail end of the 90s, the end of the crazy era. It was a fun era. 
that's Tupac. And so when I meet people who say, oh, I'm just getting into him. And I'm like, yeah, I remember when Tupac was alive. Or is he still alive? That's a debate. That's something that I like to debate because everything that is circumstantial with that murder does not add up. Neither does the Notorious B.I.G. Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Yeah, we're going to talk about Tupac Resurrection. And if I had planned this out more, I would have contacted my friend who I went to college with. Um, We don't always agree when it comes to politics, which is good. We don't have to talk about politics. But when it comes to music, when it comes to movies, this guy is it. I mean, he wanted to go meet Tupac. I remember he told me about that. This is dedication right here. And even Ari Melbler of The Beat, who often cites hip-hop lyrics for news, cites Tupac and Notorious B.I.G., Jay-Z. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dedicate tonight's episode to my friend James. I haven't seen him in a long time. This man loves Tupac. He knows the lyrics. He knows them inside and out. Identifies with the music. And that's the beauty of Tupac. Tupac's music is universal. Okay? It doesn't matter where you come from. You're socioeconomic. Tupac speaks to you, okay? This man, I mean, first of all, he's a Gemini. Come on. You know, uh, he's a twin right there. I know a lot of Geminis. But Tupac, there's something special about Tupac. Something special. And, you know, I can remember probably, I think Dear Mama. Dear Mama, that Me Against the World album, I love all the albums, but Me Against the World, for one, that's that's a turning point right there. That's a turning point, and he was in jail when that, or yeah, he was in prison when that album went to number one. And the, you know, there's a lot to be said about Tupac, Amora, Amaro, Amaro, Shakur. And I want to say his name right, okay? Because next year would have been, or maybe it is still, his 50th birthday, okay? Um, let's see if Open main menu. Open main don't you just love Siri? Search Tupac Shakur. Language, watch, edit. Tupac redirects here. For other people with this name, see Tupac name. Machiavelli redirects here. And don't you love that? Tupac Amaro Shakur. Originally born Lesland Parish Crooks. June 16th, 1971. Supposedly died September 13th, Friday the 13th, 1996. With his alias Machiavelli. Born in New York City, but became a West Coast staple in terms of the hip-hop East versus West. It was an interesting time. You know, I often tell people, this was a time when music was dangerous. does not happen like that anymore. This was the 90s. And back then, having hip-hop in the charts was unheard of. Now it's everywhere. And this is when the music really said something. And... I thought, you know, in terms, this is documentary December, and I thought we're going to talk about Tupac Resurrection, which is such an amazing documentary. It was actually nominated for Best Documentary Feature at the 77th Academy Awards. It didn't win. Uh, Directed by Lauren Lazen. Okay. Um, Came out uh, November 14th, 2003. 111 minutes that's not enough Tupac. That really is 111 minutes. Come on. Come on. I think Amy Winehouse got like two hours. Tupac resurrection, basically, whether he's dead or alive, gives Tupac back to the fans. We, It's as if Tupac's still alive and we get to see him talk. And, you know, Tupac had a very distinct voice. Very distinct voice. And... There's oh I can't play the music. There there's a lot to be said about Tupac. A lot to be said. Oh, we can't we'll get in trouble. 
get in trouble for playing the music. I know. Isn't that a shame? Um, here we go. Withdrawn. I read a lot. I wrote poetry. I kept a diary. I watched TV all the time. I stayed in front of a television. And I could see all these people out there in this pretend world. And I knew I, I could be part of it if I pretended to. The way Arnold used to look when he used to come out on different strokes. I used to like the lifestyle, the way he used to live. So early on, I just watched and emulated. And I thought maybe if I could be an actor and I could act like those characters, I could have some of their joy. Isn't that interesting? Thank you, Mr. D. If I could act like I had a, a big family, I wouldn't feel as lonely. Isn't that, um, you know, such a great actor? And I think many of us wonder if he had continued. He probably would have won an Academy Award for his hip-hop artist ever to do that for acting. You know, Eminem won it for writing Lose Yourself. But Tupac, Tupac, I mean, Tupac, what's interesting is as a, as a artist could capture you in a song. And as an actor, oh my God. God, even in Poetic Justice, if you look at Poetic Justice, he steals that movie from Janet Jackson. Even Janet knows it. And the controversy that followed and the hype. Um, you know, I want to give a shout out to um, a hip hop, a hip hop, uh, um, how would I define him? He's a, he's a reporter on MSNBC, but he's a hip hop connoisseur. Um, loves to use the lyrics to talk about the news i'm talking about ari melber and ari melber doesn't know me you know um but i want to give him a shout out uh for new neverwary nebuary radio which is so great um thank you ari for giving us that and i'm i would love to one day talk to him and say what do you think about this whole tupac thing is he dead? Is he alive? Is he in Cuba? Many of us, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like the Elvis sighting or is it not, you know, but as an actor, nobody else in hip hop could touch Tupac, not LL, not Queen Latifah, even though Queen Latifah was nominated for an Academy Award for Chicago. Okay. You know, but there's a lot to be said about Tupac, his influence Nobody, first of all, his style as an MC, no one had a voice like that. You know, when Tupac first came on the scene, he was rapping with Digital Underground, okay? And no one had a cadence like that. He had a truth to him that no one else had in hip hop. You know, it was soon coined as gangster rap, you know, and it had started with NWA and, and furthered. Um, but Tupac, Tupac is just one of those artists and Tupac resurrection captures Tupac so much so that you, whether he's dead or alive, you miss him, you miss him, you wish, you know, that that's one artist where people were like, well, some people say, well, they were meant to die young. He was not meant to die young because there was so much more to Tupac. Okay. There was so much more in terms of. Yeah, we can't play the music. We can't. Um, that sucks. Yeah, we can't play that. Um, yeah, this is not about you, Shook Knight. We're not going to play you. Oh, no, no. You're not coming after me. Um... What I'm looking for is a good interview. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Hmm. Hmm. A lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Sounds, you know what I'm saying? But 
I'm doing it for the kid that really lives a thug life and feels like it's hopeless. And what's interesting about Tupac is this, his journey, okay? This documentary captures that journey. These are things that you wouldn't know about Tupac is that Tupac was listening to Joni Mitchell, reading a lot of poetry, reading, especially in prison, reading a lot of the, you know, art of war. He was preparing, okay? He was a renaissance man. That's what Tupac Resurrection gives us. Tupac was a, resur- a renaissance man. I'm such a... I'm not even going to say I'm a fan or a devotee. He's been a part of my life since I was a teenager. So that voice, you know... And I remember he, he was very rare. He wasn't always on television. Gotta understand that. So the Tupac story goes like this. He releases, releases Tupacalypse Now. Okay, Apocalypse Now reference right there in 1991. And then releases Strictly for My in 1993. And then in 1994 is shot. Okay, six times. I think it was it six times. Clarify that, please, people. Send me your letters. And supposedly it was in New York and, and he suspected Biggie and Puffy, whatever. We can't, it's circumstance, it's, it's not, you know, it's, uh, we can't really say. I mean, he knows, and he was really badly injured. At the same time, he was going through a rape trial and was found guilty and went to prison. Just as Me Against the World was released in February of 1995, Dear Mama, Me Against the World, this, Me Against the World is, it's a pivotal moment in Tupac's career. This is before All Eyes on Me. Before All Eyes. Here's the thing with All Eyes on Me. We're going to get to that. And it's mentioned in the documentary. Okay. It's mentioned. Um, me Against the World was a turning point. And Tupac worked with different producers to basically this this out it's a it got him a grammy nomination he didn't win unfortunately you know um such such an amazing artist though and then in the fall of 1995 tupac was approached by suge knight of death row records and death row they would basically bail him out they would pay his bail so that, but he, but the stipulation was is that he had to start recording immediately, which he did. Which his mother found strange is that he had completed within that week after being released seven songs from the double album. And I mean, you know, to put out a double album at that time was rare because, you know, double albums usually were for anthologies. You know, the Smashing Pumpkins, classical artists. And here comes Tupac. First double album. Not Biggie. Tupac. Tupac. All, all Eyes on Me. All Eyes on Me was a pivotal moment in hip-hop. Went to number one. Tupac was on the promotion. He went to the Grammy Awards. Presented with Kiss. He called him his homeboys. That was a funny moment. And I mean, you see how tall Kiss is compared to Tupac, but Tupac was truly sitting on top of the world right there. Okay, to coin Rick James. And, you know, 1996 was a great year for him um, musically. You know, number one, How Do You Want It? B side, A side, me, and, you know, California Love. California Love was the turning point. California Love. Uh, he was new on death row he said to dr dre he says this in the documentary look dre i'm new on death row um you got you got you gotta give me that song and he gave it to him and it became a number one hit and so tupac's comeback was in full swing well what happened was tupac for some reason I think had an inkling that something was going to happen. Okay. And so he was basically, you know, producing like crazy, working on the Machiavelli album, putting out so many different tracks. 
This is in the documentary. From what some considered a passing fad to what now is its own undeniable driving force in music. And it is my... Yeah, yeah. That's not that part, but to present the women who made an enormous contribution to the world of rap and hip hop. Please welcome the mothers of Biggie Smalls and Tupac Shakur, Fanny Shakur, and Valetta Wallace. Now that's in the documentary, okay? This is not though. We're gonna play it for you. continue to inspire us and unite us and inspire children around the world to overcome obstacles to achieve their goals that's beautiful right there is these two women these strong women who lost both of their sons at 24 and 25 the sad thing is that's their connection that you know both of their sons were these rap icons and they both were were dead very young cut down you know and tupac resurrection oh my goodness tupac resurrection you know i i love the candidness of it because they've got all these interviews of him saying how supposedly madonna was going to come and visit him in prison you know they dated she didn't reveal that till years later but people on the street knew that they were dating um how um Jim Carrey would write him funny letters in prison and you know yeah people people would peg him as the rich you know what and um yeah he he started to realize oh, okay this is prison this is this is uh no and he knew he had to get out so when death row rave, waves that you know stake above his head like come on come on you know there's so much mystery you know there's there's rumors did someone you know whatever whatever happened in 1996 i think he knew something was coming and maybe he had a premonition i don't know um you know he knew that success would lead him up and then eventually he's got to come back down and maybe that was the gemini in him i don't know and what tupac resurrection does is it gives us it gives us tupac back for for those for an hour it gives us tupac back you know a great soundtrack which we can't play of course Two of America's Most Wanted, Ballad of a Dead Soldier, Black Jesus, Breathing, Brenda's Got a Baby, California Love, Can You See the Pride in the Panther, Most Stuff, oh, okay, Changes, Dear Mama, Hail Mary, Hit Him Up, Holler If You Hear Me, I like that one, I Get Around, If I Die Tonight, Keep Your Heads Up, Me Against the World, Me Against the World, as a fan, I got to tell you, it gets the world as a moment. That's such a great track. Um, that whole album, though, Me Against the World, it's almost like very autobiographical. Okay. And then All Eyes on Me furthers that autobiographical. And at the same time, though, you do feel that he's under pressure and you can hear it in the album. He is on a rage to get these lyrics down. He's not even written them down. He is just saying them as they come out of him. And you can hear that. And he's he's running on borrowed time. He probably knew. That's where I suspect he he's in Cuba somewhere. He knew and he realized he had to get out. He had to get out or, you know. So it's not really along the lines of the Elvis sighting. I just think there's a lot of things that don't add up. And he had connections. Okay. And when you have connections, you can go anywhere under the radar. Okay. But that's my opinion right there. It's not factual. It's circumstantial. Whatever. It's hearsay. Okay. 
is it a hope no it's just a feeling that i get it's not so much a hope it's just a feeling and sometimes you have those feelings and sometimes you know in tupac resurrection you get that feeling you get the feeling that he was not meant to die young and um yeah tupac resurrection Mm. so much to say you know can't play the music i hate that you can't play music and yep yeah oh you know what's interesting is there's a picture of him and whitney and supposedly according to allegedly this isn't in the documentary whitney and tupac had a thing supposedly you know there's so many different things we could talk about tupac no 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 and it, and you know i want to play the music but i can't and what i'm looking for you can hear some of that and this is a good interview with tabitha swarren tabitha swarren of mtv Yeah. Um, like I said, there's not a lot we can play. Here it is. There we go. That's toward the end of the documentary. And I can play it further away because you can't really hear the music you know what i mean if you can then don't get me in trouble okay yeah oh i can't okay huh tupac wherever you are next year you're gonna be 50 i'm sure you don't look it or wherever you are whether it be spirit or flesh um, you know, Tupac resurrection, it gives you Tupac. It's such a moment cinematically. Now I sound like Barbara Walters. Cinematic, cinematically. Yeah. But those of us who listen to the music, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, the one lyric that comes to mind and uh make sure your kids aren't listening to this um where tupac says revenge is next to the sweetest thing next to getting pussy yeah i can't do it like tupac because that's that's the beauty of tupac a lot of these mcs today and wait i don't even think we say mcs today like kanye west who has a very undeliverable cadence i've never understood uh, his lyrics are good but his cadence, no. In Tupac's cadence, you could hear the pain. You could hear the joy. You could hear the frustration. You could hear the sorrow. You could hear the revolutionary in Tupac. Tupac was a revolutionary at heart. His mom was a Black Panther, okay? So was his dad. Um, there was a lot of anguish in his songs, you know. But you can tell he came from a very, you know, he didn't go to college, but that didn't matter. Artistically, he really was educated artistically and streetwise he was educated i don't think there's ever been anyone like tupac i always thought it was weird when he died how tlc called him the michael jackson of rap and i thought that's a load of bullshit because i wouldn't say that you know what i mean yeah i wouldn't say that but he's not the michael jackson of rap he is tupac a true original there's nobody like him i don't think you know the movie i think that's why the movie didn't do too well you just can't capture who tupac was okay it's as simple as that tupac resurrection 
released in 2003, 17 years ago. So profound, it was nominated for an Academy Award. Documentary-wise, that's a big thing. Everything else when it comes to the Academy Awards, eh, it's like gravy. But to be nominated for a documentary that's based on someone who was very, you know, very, um, he was everywhere when he was alive. I mean, you think of it, you think of after he, he supposedly died and how there are moments where the music dies and it's like, whoa, it takes the wind out of you. You know, that happened, um, with these artists that, you know, died in recent times, but nothing was like Tupac. I remember the CDs were off the shelves. They were, they were back ordered. This is before digital. Okay. This is when you bought that double album was not cheap. And then I remember I pre-ordered or I didn't pre-order. I had it put on hold the Machiavelli album in 1996. I remember cause we picked it up the night of the 96 election. I'll never forget that. We went to, I think, Jack in a Box. Because I remember the tacos and just listening to Machiavelli. To live and die in L.A. And Hail Mary. Well, Tupac, wherever you are, hey, we salute you. A true original of rap. I'm so, I was so thrilled when he got inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I know people who bitched and moaned about, well, he's rap. He doesn't belong there. Yes, he fucking does. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is about popular music and influential. And whether you like it or not, Tupac was motherfucking essential. He was revolutionary. And he was so beloved and hated as well and feared. But those of us who loved him and love the music and that music is our soundtrack right there doesn't matter where you come from so when he went into the rock and roll hall of fame it was bittersweet because he had been gone too long or wherever he is you know and he was inducted by snoop dogg who belongs in the rock and roll hall of fame himself i love how people like to argue with me about it well gene simmons said gene simmons is not the king of rock Gene Simmons is not Mount Rushmore Rock. Gene Simmons is a clown, okay? I'm not a big Kiss fan, but for him to go after other artists, it's a form of haterade. But this show is not about Gene Simmons, okay? This show is about Tupac Shakur. Wherever you are, Tupac. I'm so happy you're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I've I'm just I was very happy by that. I thought finally, this is an artist that we all love this is an artist if he were alive today to accept that recognition you know he would be tickled you know he would be bashful about it that he didn't feel he deserves it even if he went on to win an academy award you know that moment would have been coming what an amazing actor producer writer artist poet dancer Tupac was a renaissance man. The documentary should have been called Tupac Renaissance. But Tupac Resurrection is fitting because we resurrected him on film. Welcome home, Tupac. As always, unpleasant dreams. Documentary December 